Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host Ryan here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Oh man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con 2015. I'm a host, James Hart, joined as always by another host, Brad. Brad Egg. Hi, Brad. Brad. How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. Yeah? I got a headache, so that sucks. That's too bad. How's, yeah. your, how's your top 10 list going? Uh, we're getting... it's, it's pretty much done, unless The Hobbit blows me away next week. Yeah, I'm the same way. I got The Hobbit, and then I want to go back and see Chef, because I miss Chef this year. And so those two movies are the only ones that are like ringers that so might pop up. I don't have that problem because I only count the theatrical sessions that I go to as part of my 2014 movies. Well, but like, shouldn't you, if you, like, let's say you saw Chef and you'd missed it in theaters, shouldn't that movie, since it came out this year, get a fair judgment fair against, shake. like, yeah, shouldn't it get a chance to win your award at the end of the year? Like, let's say the Chef is your favorite movie of 2014. But you didn't get a chance to see it in theaters. Yeah, I guess because I don't really rent movies at home, like That's in fair. time. Yeah, that it's in time's not, really not a bad issue. movie, huh? In time's not a bad movie. Really, I heard yeah. it's terrible. Uh, it's pretty dumb, yeah. Okay, um, I guess it's yeah. Coherent. If if I saw a movie basically on home video, I guess yeah, I guess I guess it would qualify, wouldn't it? It, I mean, it does for me, but but I try really hard. To, I try to check off all the ones that where the th- the trailer for one reason or another, you know, enticed me. Right. So that, that way, because I would hate to. There have been years in the past where, like, I did my top ten list and then I saw something. And I was like, oh man, like that movie is, you know, I, if not on the top, would have been really close. Right. I think because I see everything I want to see, basically, it's at some point or another in the theater that I never really yeah. run into that situation. So. Yeah, I mean, every I, now I get, and then there's a, like like a little indie movie for me that I can't even think of like one that you guys saw that I was like, oh, I got to catch up on that. Exodus. <laughs> so this week, uh, if you don't know what we do, if this is the first time you've listened, we every week we go see a podcast and and review it, which we'll do at the end of the show. Uh, this week we went and saw Exodus, well, but did. we didn't do anything because <laughs> I went and saw Exodus and Brad did not. Um, if you haven't noticed, Ryan's not here. Uh, he's at home taking care of some family stuff, so he'll be back next week. Um, but he also saw Exodus, so maybe next week? he'll Tell hear you from him it. next week. Or maybe yeah. he'll call in. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So uh, then before that, we'll go into some movie news. We'll talk about some box office numbers. We'll talk about uh, Blu-rays are coming out and all kinds of stuff. So let's get into it. 
What do you want to start with? Box office numbers. Okay, good. This is the box office stats. I'll give you a hint. It's not wild. What did we see two weeks ago? I'll give you a hint. It's not the pyramid. I'll give you a, a hint that actually does matter. It's not Penguins of Madagascar. You suggested the star helped me. I can't believe I can't remember. It's not Interstellar. It's not Big Hero 6, but it is The Hunger Games, Mockingjay uh, Part 1. That wasn't, didn't even come out last week, and I should have known that. No, yeah. it's no, it's in, what, it's second week? Something like that? Third, fourth. Third, 16th week. They're all the same fucking movie, so who cares? Yep. It's basically, it's the same movie in its third year, winning the box office at the same time every year. With the same amount of money. With the exact same amount of money. Yep. It's almost like there's a built-in fan base that you can just fucking milk forever. That is not is that is neither growing nor shrinking. <laughs> yeah, no one is dying. Like, yeah, they're not um, gaining any new fans, and they're not losing the existing ones. Yeah, my uh, my dad finally got my mom to watch the first one, um, just because every now and then he'll see a movie like that, and he's like, oh yeah, you know that looks good. I want to check that out. I think he read the first book. Yeah, I think so. So he was interested. Um, but I don't think they're going to watch any more of them because even my mom is smart enough to watch that movie and be like, meh, this, this seems like it's been done. Out. Yeah. <laughs> you could have done better. Uh, he should show her battle Royale. I should, you know, I've never seen battle Royale. Oh, it's on my list of shame. I know. Yeah, I wasn't going to admit that until I finally got a chance to it's see even check easier it out. Now, since you, there's like an American version. Yeah, I know. You should have tried to see it back when I did and when it was like still very obscure. It was at a, Hard um, to get it. I think it was at a theater sometime this year. Like the Esquire showed it or something. So yeah. I've missed plenty of opportunities. Thanks. You're you're right. Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> um excuse me. Let's see. What do you want to do next? D V D Blu ray. These are the most thrilling segments we've ever done on the on the podcast. It's always a happening time when Ryan's not here. It's a lot of momentum. It's almost like this is he don't ever, we shouldn't ever admit that we can't do this show without him. Good call. I'll cut that out. Okay, fuck it. Fuck Ryan. DVD and Blu-rays. We actually have a segment. We have an interstitial that already says that. We do. And I was leaving a pause until you said that. (laughs) (laughs) DVD releases and Blu-rays. All right. So this week... What's worth buying, James? This week, um, got a number of things. Uh, Ninja Turtles? Nope. Try no, again. no, that's not it. Okay, how about they do have a sweet steel book, which sucks. Are you talking about this cool one that comes with like a little dude? There's a version that comes with like a little that's dude. That's the statue one, which is even better. And I wish I cared about the movie enough to get it. It's like eighty bucks. You're gonna get it anyway. No, I'm not. Uh, but the this Best w- Buy has a s- exclusive um, steel book that has four masks in it. Yeah, I was gonna say this other one's got cool masks that come with it. Yeah. The steel book has masks in it. I think the steel book and the regular version do, but. Uh, and then there's like a just an economy version, but huh. unfortunately, I just don't care enough about the movie to do either of those. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's, it, it's also really limited too because of the. I don't know if you tried to get the Guardians of the Galaxy Steelbook, but apparently, they really underordered it, underordered it, and now they're gone. Huh. So, yeah, they'll replenish them. Nope, they're gone. That's no. If they can make money selling them, I hope so. I hope they, but but they'll wait two months until, and then they'll double dip those people. Um, all right, so if you're not going to get the Ninja Turtles, how about the Maze Runner? Are you going to get the Maze Runner? Nope. Didn't see it. 
Don't care. Okay. Young adult um, stuff. Magic in the Moonlight? Woody Allen? Don't care. Nope. All right. Um, <laughs> Emma Stone's on it, though, which is nice. But Oh, cool. Again, I can't. Not really a Woody Allen fan. Haven't really seen his stuff. Can't judge. How about... How about This Is Where I Leave You? This is where I leave you. Um, Are you going to buy that? Family dark comedy. Um, yeah. Nope, I won't buy it because I haven't seen it. So <sighs> You're really hard to please. How about the Skeleton Twins? Um, Speaking of dark comedy. You know what? They had um, Frank for 12 bucks on that's Blu-ray. A, that's a different movie. Right, but I'm just saying <laughs> if the Skeleton Twins is 12 bucks on Blu-ray, I might get it. Okay, okay. All right, we're yeah. getting close. We're getting close. Tell me, do they have a movie called Mother's Milk? Because I really want to get that. Uh, you know, maybe. Let me scroll down. Let me see. Um, let's see. I don't care what it's about. about. I just want something with that title. How about the Criterion version of Tootsie? You're a big fan of dressing up like women, right? Uh, yeah, gosh. Hmm. I, 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 a Criterion version? That's Criterion like the best version. kind. Yeah. Um, but they cover all of the cross-dressing. Uh, no, I won't be getting that. I'm sorry. Blu-ray of Batman the television series? Um, already have it. Okay. Uh, how about Grand Canyon 3D, the American masterpiece? Sure. No reason to go to the actual thing ever again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I've been skating around it. There is a complete series Blu-ray collection of Cowboy Bebop out this week. Oh, I'm getting that. Yeah. that's that's. I, I might even pick that up myself. I'll and I don't watch a whole it. lot of Amazon, like anime, but... Cowboy Best Bebop Buy will get one, and we'll fight over it to the death. Uh, let's see. Katy Berry getting intimate and Mother's Katie Milk. Katy Berry. <laughs> is that like Halle Berry's pop sister? <laughs> no. Uh, wait, is The Devil's Door, or At the Devil's Door, is that a horror movie from this year? I don't know. I don't Who sound gives two fucks? Um, Ryan oh, does. Peter Pan Live. Oh, this is that uh, This is that. That thing with The Alice sequel Williams. to Sound of Music, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. The sequel to Sound of Music. <laughs> Peter Pan, where a woman plays Peter Pan. Um, the only time in my Which life I've ever, been, Not I've that ever been this attracted to Peter Pan. Gross. Um, no, she's cute. She was in uh, that girl show. Um, she was not, like the character that I originally thought was going to be great <laughs> in Girls, and then Girls got to be fucking horrible. Uh, but yeah, Mother's Milk comes out this week, so run out and get that. Whatever that is. Oh, God. Weird title. Yeah. Well, you know, because this is that time of year where anybody who wanted to make sure that they were a Christmas present has already released their movie, um, like Guardians, right? Where you release a couple weeks before uh, before Christmas, so that that way Ninja Turtles, yep. you get into the stocking suffers. But anyway. I think I ever got DVDs or movies as or VHSs as in my stockings. I got uh, there was a little while near the end of DVD where I would get like those Walmart one dollar DVDs in there, so I got a copy of like. Flash Gordon episodes on DVD, like four episodes of Flash Gordon. Um, I may have gotten an epi- a copy of the Cowboys in a stocking, but usually, yeah, they were gifts. Hmm. Uh, my stockings are, are, you know, at my parents' house were always like uh, a chocolate orange, um, a small Lego set, um, a small summer sausage. I pretty much always get a summer sausage at this point. I bet you did. Um, it's a running joke because in college, my mom bought me one of those fucking yard of beefs from the Sam's Club. You know, like the it's like a foot and a half of summer sausage. Like it's huge. It's the size of a, a Coke yard can. of beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called, it's literally called a yard of beef. It's the size of a Coke can in diameter, and it's about a foot and a half long. 
So it's actually about half a yard. Basically, James is currently subconsciously relating his childhood abuse <laughs> in the form of food um, allegories. And my mom gave me one. She sent me, like, we were joking before I moved away to college about the yard of beef. And, like, that's what I would, you know, exist on for the majority of, you know, you just take a yard you of beef. Slice off and, a bit. Yeah. yeah, you just slice off a bit. You throw it onto a club cracker, man. You got a sandwich. Like, come on. Um, so one, one year she sent me one, uh, and those things are a fucking curse because once you open them, I don't know that one human being living alone can actually eat an entire yard of beef, but like at a, at a certain point you've eaten so much fucking summer sausage and you've done everything you can with, it. you've tried to cook it in pans and make it with eggs and you've, you know, had entire meals. You've gone through boxes and boxes of club crackers and every fucking cheese food you can get your hands on to try and make the yard of beef edit- edible. And eventually you're still like, dude, I've eaten a fucking third of this thing. And you just throw it the fuck out. Like, who cares that there are starving children children in China? Like, I don't care. Yard of beef is going in the garbage because it is like, it's this daunting task. You're smiling at me like... And this has been Food Nerds Podcast. <laughs> Join us next week when we actually talk about movies. Uh, anyway. Um, talk about movies with beef in them. Yeah. Mother's milk doesn't help you eat uh, eat yard of beefs. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What's, what else do we do? Comic books? Or should we skip that this week? We should skip that because I have I'm fine, anything. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, um, news? Okay. Yeah, news. It's real news. I have literally been like living under a rock all week, so tell me what's going on. Okay, James, listen, this is what happened. Okay. Um, the North Koreans hacked Sony Entertainment. Motherfuckers. Let's yeah. bomb those fuckers. Exposed all their financial records, all their inter-work emails and social security numbers it's all out there why all the secrets of sony movie making are online for you to read but why why does north why does anyone care um supposedly um they're really upset that seth rogan and james franco are releasing a movie aimed to uh, encourage people to assassinate their leader kim jong-un that's fair called the interview um and you know they basically see it as an act of war so rather than be the first one to fire a rocket they just hacked some information and embarrassed at a company this is honestly getting like kind of convincing <laughs> north korea didn't actually have anything to do with this right uh no one really knows but that's the biggest really culprit number one seriously wow yeah that's that, cool that's what i've read i mean yeah that's some hard you can't shit. trust news these days oh, who knows fuck no. but oh fuck no and that, who get that's what i read that's not what i saw it, it or experienced make that much sense <laughs> Right? Huh? Uh, it doesn't make that much sense. Like, what is it you're trying to achieve by hacking into Sony? Yeah. But Well, there's all kinds of groups these days that just like to expose, like make transparent, you know, business practices and stuff. So it could have been like yeah. anonymous or something. Right. Who knows? But, but anyway. anyway, it's out there. Or if it's completely fab- fabricated, it's like the best story. Did we learn <laughs> cool stuff like how much Jennifer Lawrence got paid for American Hustle? We do. Are you fucking serious? I read, the, yeah. Um, they've... Amy Adams and Jennifer Lawrence, apparently, I didn't get the figures, but the headline was, they clearly made less money than their male co-stars. Motherfucking sexist yep. David O. Russell put the motherfucker in jail. God damn it. 
what an asshole. Uh, it may not be his fault. Shit. It may be Sexist the executives. Motherfucker. No, I watched that movie. Paychecks. How much deep cleavage shots were like just... <laughs> Were we just hanging on through that movie? Sexist asshole. Fuck him. I know. You can get that uh, shit for free now because of another hack. So, What shit for free? The Jennifer Lawrence nude pics. <laughs> That's just on the internet now? I guess. I, I haven't found it myself, but <laughs> seriously, I'm not I've been, joking. I've, but... I've been fucking digging <laughs> through the internet looking for this that, shit. That was the last big hack thing was the celebrity photo hack. Yeah? Yeah. And they got Jennifer Lawrence? And Anna Kendrick, apparently, That's supposedly. She... Wow. Yeah. Again, this is all stuff I read. This is why you shouldn't take photos of yourself naked. Absolutely not. I mean, I take photos of myself naked all the time, but nobody wants to see them. That's and, the difference. And don't write racist emails about the president. <gasps> Were there racist? <laughs> was there racist shit in the Sony thing? Um, the uh, two executives from Sony were joking around. Uh-huh. Um, clearly, our type of humor about whether or not they should ask the president what they what he thought of. Um, what was that one? Twelve. 12 years a slave. slave? Oh, no. Was, yeah, because they were going to go to some luncheon with him. Uh-huh. You know, like, what should we talk about? Like, should I ask him what he thought of the butler or 12 years a slave? <laughs> oh, yeah, no. or the help. <laughs> yeah, so they apologized for that one. Um, nothing what else? Is, nothing is sacred anymore. Nope. Um, what else happened? Um, Scott Rudin thinks that Angelina Jolie, Jolie is a talentless uh, brat. Probably. Um, who wants to make Cleopatra and uh, run up a $150 million budget or something on it for something that no one wants. Yeah, that, that sounds her. like a movie I don't want to see. Yep. Uh, and it got <clears throat> the Aaron Sorkin, Steve Jobs project uh, moved over to Universal because of it. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, the one that was supposed to have Christian Bale in it for like a second. Right. And yeah. then they wanted Leonardo DiCaprio, and then he bailed, and then the female executive, I forget her name, um, she was very upset with that and called him despicable for canceling. Um, yeah. Wow. On a Hollywood Babylon today, they were talking about it, and Kevin Smith uh, said, like, you know, for years it's been rumored that Hollywood is basically high school with money. <laughs> and now it's validated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. Just a bunch of kids. I should have printed some out money. so I could read them word for word, but it sounds like that. It's like... Hmm. Very childish Which, I mean, name calling like and internal internal emails in a lot of companies might sound like that. Yeah, um, especially in very dogmatic red tape kind of companies where you got to jump through a lot of hoops and stuff like that. Like you're going to get a lot of people who are assholes. Oh, that reminds me because they also have emails about uh, employee feedback about the company. Yeah, and a, lot, a majority of them are why don't we make better stuff, better, more creative. <laughs> Um, how many more shitty Sandler movies do we have to make? Why doesn't Drive Club work yet? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Huh. So they reveal. Uh, speaking of Sandler, the deals revealed that Sandler's making a mint off of all the movies he's making on his deal. Of course he is. And Sony's basically getting the shaft. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He gets paid, but the audiences right. aren't showing up, so the, Sony the, doesn't get paid. The movie only exists because he's in it. Like exactly. no one is going to make or see a grown-ups movie ever if Adam Sandler's not in it. Like Kevin James does not pull out enough of an audience to warrant a camping film. So, yep. Of course he's making bank. Um uh Chain Tatum wants to make a Ghostbusters team-up movie with uh Chris Pratt, just a duo. Okay, I'll see that. Yeah. 
Might be interesting. Um, and then there's uh, a bunch of names uh, in line for the female Ghostbusters reboot remake. Not any of those title type things. No one knows yet. Yeah. Uh, but th- most of them we already knew, like Jennifer Lawrence, Kristen Emma Stone. Uh, actually, Kristen Wiig wasn't on this list. Um, hmm. Melissa McCarthy. Fuck. Yeah. All these names you heard before. Um, what else? Um, oh, Ch- Channing Tatum and uh, Jonah Hill wanted to make a uh, 22 Jump Street crossover with Men in Black. Fuck yeah. I think the only place to go next is to the future. Okay. I'm fine with <laughs> or that. Or something. Uh, or have them fight aliens instead of, you know, going back to college. Yeah, make it like the watch only okay. a whole lot better. That's true. Uh, oh, yeah. And then uh, also Channing Tatum. <laughs> Uh, it's weird. A lot of the emails are from Channing Tatum. He was boasting about Dude, how uh, Twenty Two Jump Street became the highest grossing R-rated movie, or had the best opening for an R-rated movie, oh, okay. surpassing Ted. And so his email is actually kind of funny. It was jokingly like, ah, "Like suck it, Ted too." And then he literally <laughs> typed "ha ha ha ha" for like a page. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So the internet was enjoying that. That's pretty good. Yeah, and I'm sure there's more to come. Yeah, more crazy. Do we get any like superhero juicy bits or anything like that? Um. Oh, there's stuff about Spider-Man. Okay. About how because uh, they got Spider-Man, yeah. Right. Uh, there was a chance to team up with Marvel. Right. Uh, but Sony wanted too much control over the character. Still dumb creatively. So that deal got canceled, but um, it may still happen now that it's out there. Everyone knows that they were trying to do it. Right. So now Marvel has the upper hand. There were rumors about that back um, around Avengers, I believe. Yeah. Where they were talking about trying to get him in there. Just even if it was just like a cameo for a second, you know. Yeah. They want to bring him into Captain America three. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then that would make a lot of sense. Start his own trilogy or something. Yeah. Uh, And unfortunately, if they do that, Andrew Garfield would probably get. Yeah. Retired. They told the story that we wanted out of like what's really great about the Andrew Garfield version is the chemistry between Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone, and we have that story now from beginning to end. So Very expensive telling of that story, <laughs> right? <laughs> if that was the if that was the goal, it's a very expensive undertaking for a romantic yeah. comedy. Agreed. Um, but I, I I think it's really good. Like overall, I think that story is good. So I'm fine with them. Like, it's too bad. I'm not going to say that because I, I think he's really well cast and I think it would be neat to see him stay on for a while. But in exchange for a Marvel-driven version of Spider-Man that fits into the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and is probably handled with a lot more care than what I expect Sony to. Because Sony's just going to fucking reboot the thing to death over the next 10 years anyway. So... Why not just give it back to Marvel, who's going to handle it well, cash out, make yourself some kind of a deal where you'll get a, uh, you know, like a payout for future profits, um, and move on. Like you lose because you're not that creative, but these guys are. Let them go make some money with the stuff that you know that they sold to you. Um, but yeah, that's not going to happen. So the next question is: Is the media reporting? these ha- uh is the media reporting these hacks uh ethical no 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 um yeah i mean the truth is that what you're doing is i think it's interesting 
Um, some of it is interesting. If this happens more than two more times or more than one more time, we should stop talking about it because it's just like it's just like the you know feverish reporting about um, you know murder suicides in schools or stuff like that that causes people to you know that as far as i'm concerned the news coverage about that kind of an issue or even something like this encourages people to behave this way and sony even though they have all the money in the world um i mean they don't have all the money in the world they're not doing as well as they used to but they have a lot of money and they're a pretty big corporation um they can't all be so safe and have all the best firewalls and all the things that you need to protect yourself from all the crazy hacker assholes out there who might be trying to get in. So, like, because uh, the same thing happened, you know, a few years ago, Sony got hacked and and their um, PlayStation, yeah, the, the, the PlayStation ID hack, um, which there is no provable like identity theft that came out of that. Um, it was a huge kerfuffle for a while there, but you know, the same thing was true then that like, you can't protect against everybody. You can do a lot of stuff to try and deter it. But if the more we talk about this stuff and encourage it on the internet, the more those assholes with nothing else to do are going to go try and find the like nude pics of Jennifer Aniston or whatever. Um, I just oddly dated myself. (laughs) Like Mm. she's, she's not (laughs) the one they're going after, but still, um, the more that you stir up that conversation, the absolutely the more people are going to want to do it because um, they just want that attention. I mean, what these people did was illegal. Like a lot of this stuff, I'm sure, has confidentiality agreements behind it. And, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of emails that have the little like, you know, the contents of this email may fall under certain confidentiality, you know, all of that nonsense. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, this one, for the most part, sounds like it's relatively harmless, um, but at the same time, unless you're Sony, yeah, yeah, an employee of Sony, because now your social security number's out there, so that sucks, right? But as far as like knowing how these people deal with each other, it's like if I was working in industry, I'm like, great, this is a great heads up on who I should not deal with. <laughs> Yeah. If I want to be a creative uh person. Right. Uh yeah. Anyway. Is there anything else happen this week? Uh yes. Oh, you know, we found out I did see we found out the names of those characters from the Star Wars trailer. We did, yes. Via retro baseball cards. Yeah, which is weird. Um I think it's cute. Yeah, what what's kinda cool here is that, you know, one of the things that people were so fucking pissed off about was um well there were two things right there's the there's the lightsaber and then there's the fact that apparently people got pissed off about the fact that there's a black guy in a stormtrooper outfit <gasps> wow i, I know no, that's that can that's impossible that's really dumb um but anyway like we found out that guy's name on one of those cards which the frustrating thing about that to me was always well he, how many times before you know uh luke skywalker puts on a Stormtrooper outfit. There's nothing about that trailer that tells us that that guy is a stormtrooper. Um, so I don't. Yeah, know. for all we know, he was wearing it in a trash compactor before he got ejected from a star destroyer and landed on Tatooine. Yeah, exactly. He was wearing it to sneak out. 
Yeah. You know? Um, so that's good, I guess. People are dumb. I don't know why they're arguing about that, but... Uh, I heard people were confused about the, the guy in the black cloak with the crazy broadsword lightsaber. Oh, yeah? Did we learn He something? doesn't have a Darth name. It's just really? Kylo Ren. No Darth. Ooh. Which... Well, but all of the Sith are supposed to be dead after the last movie, so wouldn't they maybe not be called a Darth? Maybe right. he's not technically a Sith. He's just a guy with a red lightsaber. That's what they're saying is um, maybe he hasn't earned the Darth title yet. Hmm. But he's on... Because the, the Sith is coming back, maybe it's just, you know, a precursor. So he wouldn't be a Darth. Yeah. Right. Um, and maybe, yeah, maybe in this movie he's not a Darth, but in the next one he's, he'll he'll get knighted with a, with a crazy hilted lightsaber. And do you knight Jedi? Anybody ever, have we ever seen a Jedi get knighted? No. 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 No, because in Just, the original trilogy, there's no one around except for Ben, and he didn't do it. Yeah. To Luke, and then in the in the prequels, uh, they were already knighted, so they didn't really make new ones. They rejected Anakin. Oh no, they did, didn't they? No, he gets yeah. He went from Yoda totally Padawan to yeah yeah because otherwise he wouldn't get to learn all the stuff he learns and then kill the younglings yeah I, I'm they did have a ceremony yes yeah yeah at the end of the first one like there's that scene in the back room yeah he's like you know well well plus just at the end of the first one he's got that stupid fucking hair thing going on um, that braid yeah anyway you know what else is crazy what is that little. Robot ball droid is totally is real. A, yeah, that's a that's, that's a practical CGI. effect. Yep. I know it's an animatronic puppet. Totally cool. Yeah, I want to see me. a like whole featurette about that guy. Um, what's his name? BB four, BB eight. Yeah, yeah. Seems good. Seems Kenny Baker's good. in the movie, right? Uh, I don't remember who Kenny Baker is. He's R two D two. Um. Oh. Okay. Well. Well. Maybe he's just doing like the beepy boopy sounds. Uh, that's, 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 that's Ben Burt's job, but Kenny Baker was actually in the trash can right. in the original. I, I, know, I know. Okay. Uh, um, but I was just curious if, I thought a... R2-D2 was in the movie, but it seems like BB-8's going to steal the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were, so I was talking to some friends about this the other day and we were postulating that like, uh, oh yeah, no, cause I was telling my brother about how cool BB-8 is in the trailer cause he hasn't seen the trailer yet. Because he has a kid, so he doesn't actually like get on the internet anymore, and uh, and I was describing like, oh, you know, he's really cool. Like he's just, he's rolling really fast. He's clearly, you know, just seems like a much more efficient design for a droid than the little like three legged thing that rolls around. Um, but what does a droid that like runs around on top of a ball? Like, what would he accomplish? Yeah, I don't fucking know. Um, but uh, and so Jake was like. Well, just no, you can't. Don't make R two D two obsolete. And I was like, no, he's not obsolete. He's just like now he works in a warehouse making cool ball droids, and like he just uses his little shock arm to like solder some pieces together. And when his shift is over, he goes home and gets drunk, um, and that's his day. Like he works building cooler new robots, and we'll get a whole movie about that. Ryan Johnson's gonna make a movie just about. Like the depression that sets Star in Wars when when Star Wars droids have to build new cooler Star Wars droids. There's like a whole there's a whole chapter about like a a battle droid that's that's just making Star Trooper armor all day long. Um, <laughs> I've watched that movie. The most expensive <laughs> the most ex- assembly line. <laughs> the most movie expensive ever. 
dark comedy about a CG character that has ever existed. I think that's it for news. Yep. Um, what we've been watching? Yeah, we're cooking through this. Good. You don't need another two-hour show. <laughs> All right, what have we been watching? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Hey, Brad, what have you been playing lately? Are you playing any video games? No. So, oh, um, right, what have we been watching? What did you watch this week? What did I watch this week? Um... I got all the Star Trek Next Generation Blu-rays. Oh, yeah? And the... Because you got those for, like, Black Friday, right? I did. Yeah. Super on sale. Terrible packaging. Really? Delivery. Yeah, I had three cases smashed up, (gasps) and then... Did you you make them send you new ones? I did. Good. Oh, and the first one was missing four discs. What? Out of the middle, so... Yeah, they replaced that. Um, But, yeah, the cases were beat up, and five of the seven didn't have slip covers, so I had to design my own. What the fuck? Yeah. I guess that's what I get for paying th- only 30 bucks for each of those. 30 bucks is still a lot of money. It is. Like. But, yeah. Those are, that's like 2004 season of television money. Like. Yeah. But apparently most people don't give a shit about slipcovers, as I've read. So this is bullshit. They just. I told you about Your average consumer takes it home, throws it in the trash. I told you about what my yeah my I I was over at my folks' house and I went downstairs in the basement where my mom keeps her DVD collection now and she had a laundry basket and it was just full of slipcovers oh, and I grabbed them and I went upstairs and I said who taught you this <laughs> where did you learn this who did you get all of this from why why are you doing do this? you live in a barn seriously and she's like well I just don't I just don't care about them and I'm like I don't care that you don't care about them you don't do this. This isn't how I raised you. Why are they considered then, like less valuable than the plastic case the disc is in? Oh like, why God. not just throw out the whole thing and if, just keep the disc in a binder? If I could snap my fingers and put a slip cover on every single one of my Blu-rays, I would do it. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Now that I can make slip covers, I'm going to slip cover the shit out of my collection. Yeah. So they're all square and uniform. Exactly. That way they, they just look so nice on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Man. Nice and papery. Not just that cheap fucking, here's my Blu-ray. Here's a plastic case with like a wheel of six holes cut out of it. So yeah, because it's recycled. Money. Yeah, what assholes. Um, Fuck. I know. Fuck the earth. Give me a full case. <laughs> if, only thing, if, uh, if only everything could be a digibook or a steelbook. Yeah. Be gorgeous. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I got those. The picture quality is fantastic. Good. A uh, little bummed that they stuck with the 4 by 3 ratio, but I understand why. Yeah. Because apparently... Like, they have the widescreen original film, but there's, like, light stands and PAs off to the side. Right. Because they framed them out, thinking, right. like, this will never be bigger right. framed-wise than this. Um, and then, yeah, the the making of the whole restoration process is fascinating, how they've... Like, they can't just take the original video. They had to go to the original film, which is in just cardboard boxes in a CBS warehouse in Los Angeles, just 20-year-old labeled stuff they're trying to hunt down like spools of like 13 seconds shots they're just not kept together and there's like one woman who's in charge of that she's talking about they were about to like they made the next level sampler disc Uh we didn't have these this 13 seconds of this one episode and then between releasing season one and that disc they found that 13 seconds oh wow it on that so my copy of that episode is not oh that's cool yeah um yeah. Um, yeah, it's obviously it's a classic show. 
Have yeah, you been really watching through? Because you already had a number of those seasons, didn't you? I had all I had all seven on DVD. Oh, okay, but yeah. but so for for Black Friday, you got all seven of them on Blu-ray. On yeah. Blu-ray, oh, okay. Yeah, well, I got all six uh, on Black Friday. Seven came out the week after. Oh, okay. As the first time, you know. Yeah. So I picked that up at you know still sixty bucks is better than a hundred. But are you just bouncing around in seasons, or did you you didn't start at the beginning and start? Working I couldn't start at the beginning because I was missing four of the discs, so oh. I just jumped oh. to season two. But I watched fair. the special features. Totally of the fair. Said I so had just skip to season two. Yeah. Totally fair. And I'll go back. I got my replacement, so I'll go back. But um, cool. I had I had the first disc and the last disc, so I was able to watch the special features of the first season mm-hmm. of the you know the making of the restoration. So and then I returned it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm on season three right now, and looks great. Cool. Um, enjoying that. Um, shoot, what else I watch? Um, uh, I'll forget the home stuff that I watched. <laughs> Or do I want to? Go over. We got plenty of time. Oh, I re- I've, I rewatched Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, cool! I got that steel book. Yeah. Um, Let me guess, still pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it was in question because when I saw it, I had just finished the forty-hour film project, and I slept through a number of scenes in oh, that that's movie. Right. So there were gaps, and like, what happened to get from here to here? Who is um, this raccoon? Why does he start talking? Exactly. Um, <laughs> why is this kid screaming and getting abducted by aliens? Um, and now it makes more sense emotionally why that's a thing. And then why he's reaching for that woman at the end of the movie. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, all of a sudden it all ties together. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so fun. I mean, again, it's like a very uh, minimal villain arc like not a big deal like it's pretty shallow but the five wants to kill people yeah whatever yeah and it is is a cool twist uh when he goes against thanos like he starts out the movie yeah i'm gonna do this for thanos and then he's like wait a minute i could have the power and it is kind of cool that he actually like uses it right Mm -hmm. like they's they've in the past movie like in thor 2 the whole thing is you've got to keep this bad guy from getting this thing and this is the exact same plot but there is a scene where he fucking gets it and our our characters have been left floating out in space and then he not only gets it but then decides like fuck you thanos he's just gonna use it and turn his hammer into a cool glowy hammer um yeah, yeah. and then uh good. i was a little bummed watching it because when i saw it, it was in 3d mm. uh, imax um and which was, was amazing and i felt immersed in it uh, but um, watching it at home, it lost a little bit of that, but still, the character's so much fun. Can you believe like, how um, crazy what you just said is? Hmm? Can you believe how crazy what you just said is? That, like, Prefer 3D? Yeah, over... that, a three, that a 3D movie actually was like additive to the experience, yeah. and then when you got it on Blu-ray, you were like, man, I wish this were in 3D. I'm a little separated from these Sony, characters. I wonder how many emails of, of Sony say, I really wish people would want to have a 3D TV in their homes. Like, and then you Isn't just sort of... Because nobody buys Disney? them. Yeah, well, but it's one of the reasons why Sony has lost so much money over the last few years is that people don't buy as many TVs, which is why they did the whole 3D TV thing, was they were trying to incite people to buy new TVs. Um, but most people aren't buying 3D TVs because most people don't give a shit because 3D was never really that impressive or interesting. Well, yeah, by the time just a regular LED was affordable, right? 
3D came out. So it's like, why am I going to go back a year later and switch out the awesome TV I just got? Right. Exactly. Um, well, and just like, and and you were talking about having to make, having to buy a bunch of Blu-rays that are 3D. Like the cost of entry was just too high. Individual and, glasses are like yep, the 80 glasses. bucks a piece. <coughs> um, so, I mean, I never bought a 3D TV. Yeah. Because um, I don't, do. I don't give a shit. Like I, the truth is when I watch a Blu-ray at home, I usually just put something on and then I'm going to work or something like that while it, while it's on. So it's pretty rare that I'm going to want to like sit and put glasses on my face and watch a movie in 3d. And because I've always been so unimpressed by 3d, like that's why I'm saying it's pretty crazy that you just said like, man, I kind of wish I had a 3d TV so I could watch this movie in 3d. Yeah. That's cool. That, that, that first scene where, uh, star Lord's walking through the ocean planet and yep. he's just singing. I remember just, floating through all the words and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh my God, it's like, I'm there. They did such a good job. There's so much depth to this <laughs> and I'll never see that again. Thanks. Thanks James Cameron. It's, it's almost like you're there. Yeah. Um, floating through all this. I also watched all the special features and the director's commentary, which, uh, if anyone's wondering what the plot to guardians of the galaxy two is just listen to that. Cause he te- <laughs> flat out tells you that it's going to be about finding star Lord's dad. Oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, which spoilers, his dad's a dick bag. <laughs> Is he? I don't know. Oh yeah, I don't know. I mean, the comics he is. Yeah, I don't follow comics, but yeah, I think I told no. Yeah, when we did the when we did the review, I think I talked about how like the the new series starts with basically his dad coming to Earth and taking advantage of this woman, and then like just or like making a making a woman fall in love with him, and then he's like, oh yeah, man, sorry, my ship's been fixed for like a week. I just really wanted to have sex with you, and then he takes off. Um, yeah, awesome, awesome, love that guy. Um, the worst. It's also funny on the the like the making of each section is an eight bit version of Guardians of the Galaxy, so it's like Rocket Raccoon in eight bit, and he's walking across the screen like a side scrolling oh. Mario game. Yeah, and then James Gunn will pop up, and you know there'll be like a little quote box, and they'll say something funny. Hmm. It's a, it's a fun little transition between sections. Cool. Um, and then I guess the last thing I can remember that I saw, I saw. I got a free ticket from AMC for whatever reason. You're already shaking your head. For a movie called Lag- Laggies. Oh. Terrible um, title. Terrible. Yes. I, but I've heard about this movie, but yeah. I can't remember. Is it the- Kira Knightley, Chloe Grace Mortiz, since Ryan's not here. It's Moretz. He always <laughs> says Mortiz. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> you notice that? <laughs> no, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, Chloe, Chloe Grace Mortiz, Hit Girl, um, and then Sam Rockwell. And cool. he plays a div- divorced, divorced lawyer. Okay. And then Keira Knightley is a slacker. Okay. Uh, 30-year-old. Would, she, would you say she's lagging behind the rest I of... I would say that, yep. Uh-huh. The movie says that ah. quite in-your-facely. If you had a group of people like her, would you call them laggers? Um, no, I call them laggies. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. All, right. All, right, all right. So, yeah. Um, Chloe, Chloe uh, Grace Moretz, she's like... Sam Rockwell's daughter and she's kind of a delinquent. She like hangs out at grocery stores and convinces people like Keira Knightley to buy her beer mm-hmm. uh, with, with their friends. And so uh, Keira Knightley is struggling trying to find a career and her boyfriend is ready to, he proposes to her. He wants to get married. Um, she's not quite ready because she's lagging behind. God damn. And she it. says, you know, he convinces her to go to Vegas and just do it overnight um, but they have a baby shower 
the next morning. Okay. So he's like, actually, I take that back. Let's wait till Sunday. But she wants to do it now if she's going to do it. So she's like, okay, if we have to wait, let's just wait a whole week then. And I'm going to go to this career seminar and find out what I want to do with my life and come back and we'll get married. And so she goes to this career seminar, which is actually just her going on vacation (laughs) by herself to sort her shit out. And she stays with Chloe Grace Moretz in secret uh, for a few days until her father figures out that she's not a 17-year-old girl in her class. Oh, so she's pretending to be like a high schooler. Yeah. She, uh, which Kira Knightley does not look like a high schooler. No. Yeah. Um, he's very suspicious initially, and it doesn't take him long to figure it out. Okay. Because he's a, he's a lawyer. Is he kind of... Cre- does he fall in love with her? Uh, Yeah, probably. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a I like the movie. It's, this is like a, it's like a happy-go-lucky version of American Beauty. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen the American. I, I don't know, but um, the performances are fun. I just don't know if like the message of it, like the resolution, is all that satisfying. Because mm. uh, like she chooses the divorce lawyer, and then her her boyfriend back at home. Who's the dad, or is that the? He's boy- the dad. Okay. Uh, the boyfriend back home is a photographer artist, so it's like, um, in the end, she chooses the guy with money. <laughs> Son of a bitch! And he's he's a uh, his whole thing is that his ex wife just ditched him and the kid, and went off to be a fashion model. And so when Chloe Grace Moretz convinces Karen Knightley to go track down her mom <laughs> to like say, "Hey, you haven't talked to me in like eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to know about my mom." And she, she ran away because she didn't know how to be a parent. And she's just like, you know, I just won't deal with it. I'll just leave. So, um, when she finally gets to meet her daughter, she basically tries to buy her off to leave mm-hmm. <laughs> with like, Hey, I got all this lingerie for my shoots. Take it. Here's, here's reparations for all the time I missed Yeah, with you. Uh, uh, but yeah, Sam Rockwell's just kind of disappointed in life that, that didn't work out and he's you know his job is to uh mediate all these other couples who are just like out to get each other's money and ruin each other's lives and uh yeah Kira Knightley shows up and they have a rapport and obviously he wants to pursue that but when he finds out that she's actually engaged it's very very soap opery yep sounds like it and then uh, Chloe Grace Moretz convinces Keira Knightley to go to her prom and yeah and when she finds out that Keira Knightley is engaged too that she's like oh I thought you were going to be my new mom you betrayed me type, <laughs> type thing yeah but uh, again it's it's a good movie it's just kind of like a little soap opera yeah hmm. so would you recommend anyone see it I don't know if, I don't know about theater but you know, if you're it's if it's streaming on Netflix, I I think it's all right. Okay, cool. So, would you watch? Um, just a couple of quick things. Got a chance this week to see uh, a movie from this year called Young Ones, um, which I don't even know if it came to Denver or when there was a chance. Um, but uh, the anyway, so right now it's available. You can get it on Amazon. Um, but it's basically like a like a sci-fi western um, that stars Michael Shannon and um, Elle Fanning. 
Oh, uh, Nicholas Holt, who's the guy from Warm Bodies, and then or X Men. Come on, Beast. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but see, he's always got the makeup on in that movie. Nerd so card revoked. You're right. Uh, and then Cody Smith McPhee. Um, and so the story here is. So it's set in the future. It's a very like interstellar style future where, like, the Earth is sort of dying. There's not enough water. Sounds like Trigun. Um, Continue. Okay, so there's not enough water. Well, uh, okay, there aren't whip guns or any like weird shit like there is in Trigun though. Um, so uh, there's. Uh, sorry, I'm losing track of. Okay, so. Um, the, they sort of allude to the idea that, that pesticides and that kind of stuff have have ruined certain parts of the earth. Um, but Michael Shannon has this patch of land that he fully believes is fertile. Um, he just can't get water. And the local, what, what is left of some of the government is building a pipeline nearby. And he wants them to bring water to his land, but he can't convince them to. And um, he, his... Uh, Elle Fanning and Cody Smith McPhee are his kids. Um, and Elle Fanning is in love with and sneaking off and dating Nicholas Holt's character, uh, who plays Flem. His, his name is Flem. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one day, uh, w- well, what we start finding out is that Flem is kind of a, something of a con man, you know, in a subtle way. And, he uh, ends up getting into some trouble and ends up. I'm going to spoil this to just. I'm going to spoil the first act. Um, he ends up killing Michael Shannon's character. Whoops. And so the rest of the movie basically becomes this very uh, traditional Western plot of we've got this character who is now farming the land of a man that he killed and is close with that man's son, Cody Smith McPhee, and Cody Smith McPhee has to kind of figure out, like, what actually happened to his dad. But there's all these cool future elements thrown into it. Um, Because for the most part, you know, they've got, they're riding on horses, they've got rifles, and, you know, it just feels like a Western movie most of the time, except for the fact that... um, Early in the movie, they sell their donkey and buy, like, this robot. And it's one of those... Do you see that military, like, dog robot thing? It's got four legs, and, and, like, if you kick it, it'll stay standing up. It's one of those things. Like, same style robot. Uh, and it's made for just doing, like, general labor stuff. Uh, but it's constantly, like, walking around or interacting with the characters or you're using it to, you know, do whatever labor they need to do to, cre- you know, build this farm... Um, and it actually plays a integral, integral role into that whole plot, um, because it's there when Michael Shannon gets murdered. Um, and so it's just really cool to see somebody take some of those sci-fi elements and throw it onto a, um, old Western style plot. But at the end of the day, it's still sort of a plot that you've seen before. Um, and so it didn't really same substance, different paint. Yeah, exactly. It didn't really surprise me in the ways that I wanted it to. Um, but it, it handles the style fairly well. It's got a score by, um, Nathan Johnson and it's that part's worth it. Like that part's really good. Um, but overall it, it didn't wow me the way I wanted to, you know, 
I think I talked about a week ago that I've been putting together my my top ten list for the year, and sounds like it's not going to make it. <laughs> well, uh, this was one of the movies on the list of movies that I missed from the year, which was surprisingly not as long as it usually is. And this is one of the ones where I was like, I have to make sure I check that off because that that seems special and like it's got some potential. And it is; it's totally worth seeing. I I definitely think people should rent it while it's on Amazon or or you know find a time to to get a copy of it um but i don't know it's not as special as i was hoping it was going to be so anyway um and then i've also been rewatching through arrested the fourth season of arrested development um which i'm liking a lot better this time when i watched it the first time i was watching it with my with my parents and my brother and so we'd watch like an episode or two on a Sunday night and then maybe maybe we'd go a week or two before we watched another. And that season is so it's so like one long story that I would forget some of the little running jokes and stuff like that. And so it just wasn't as entertaining as I was yeah, hoping it was gonna be. Like it's one long arc, but everyone gets like their own episode. Yeah. Um which makes sense because they probably the actors, they probably s- structure the story like that so they wouldn't have to get everyone in the same room at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, um, and so this time I'm really enjoying a lot, a, a lot more. Uh, so that's cool. I mean, obviously that whole thing is just on Netflix. But uh, and then the very last thing that I watched is that this week I went and saw Exodus: Gods and Kings. Oh, before you get there, I forgot I went and saw Batman Returns. You last son of a bitch. Or Saturday night. Yeah. And I saw something I hadn't seen in that movie before, having watched it many, many times. What? When the jester blows fire into one of the shops early on in the movie, when the Red Triangle Gang attacks Gotham, okay, um, the jester blows fire into the shop, and there's a close-up of all the merchandise on the table that gets burned, and on the far right is a ninja turtle, a plush ninja turtle. <laughs> ninja turtles are in are in a Batman movie. Well, crossover, yeah, <laughs> nerd crossover. But it's not a ninja turtle. It's a plush of a ninja. So all it is is that in the Batman universe, the Ninja Turtle movies exist. Right. In the comics. In Batman, in Gotham, people are reading Turtle comics and watching Turtle movies. So here's an existential question. Playing with Turtle toys. In Gotham, can you buy a copy of a Spider-Man comic book? I don't think so because I didn't see any Spider-Man merchandise. (laughs) But it would be much cooler if, like, in the background, you saw, like, the, the TMNT van implying that the actual Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles They're fighting existed. crime alongside him? Yeah. Well, they're, they're from fighting... From below. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fighting crime. Although they didn't do a very good job of taking out the Penguin while they were down there, did they? Uh, <laughs> you know, his sewer doesn't connect to their sewer. I guess not, yeah. It, uh, it services a different... The Gotham sewer doesn't connect to the New York City sewer. Right. Yes, exactly. Right, because Gotham is all the way over in Chicago. In the new movie, though, the New York sewer connects to the Alpine Mountains. <laughs> Well, in the new movie, the, the New York City goes all over the country, yep. and like you can get to China. All the sewers on Earth are connected in that movie. But it's still better than the old movies, because at least the new the New York sewer can't connect to feudal Japan, which is really the problem. It didn't. A Scepter did that. <laughs> a Scepter did that. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll be like, you know, the whole Alien versus Predator thing was all spawned off by the fact that they, like through that that xenomorph skull into predator 2 so maybe uh maybe eventually or maybe now that you have noticed after 25 years of batman returns being out that uh 
that there is the possibility of a crossover. Maybe like the fandom out there will start writing the Batman versus the Ninja Turtles. Oh my God, who would win, Brad? In your in your world, between the Ninja Turtles and Batman. So bat, it's all four Ninja Turtles. Okay, here mm-hmm. are the, here are the rules. It's all four Ninja Turtles. It's Batman, but it's a version of Batman where he doesn't ever use a gun. He. T- he does blow some someone up with dynamite in that movie, though. Right. Okay. So so, so he has no dynamite. no guns. Oh, so it, let's let's call he, it like an he's animated armed with dynamite. Let's call it like an animated version where there's there's no guns, and if he uses a missile, all it can do is knock over a wall that then inconveniences the people who the wall falls on. Right. So they have to like dig their way out of the wall. So you got to take like the cartoonish bend on it. Well, if there's a cartoonish bend, that means there's like dimension X and lasers and. Um, yeah. since I know nothing about Dimension X, um, let's say yes. So yes, they can. The, then the, the turtles Ninja win. Turtles. Okay, because there's a Technodrome, and I don't know what any of that is. Oh man, how does the Technodrome help their Dimension X shoot and kill Batman? Well, the D- Technodrome has the portal to Dimension X, so they can constantly just keep sending over Rock Soldiers into. Do the Rock Soldiers work for the Ninja Turtles? They. W- they don't work for the Ninja Turtles, no. But, okay, so so the Ninja Turtles. Well, you said Turtles, it's a world with the Ninja Turtles, and in the world of the Ninja Turtles, that exists. Right, but but if the rock if the rock guys come through, then the Ninja Turtles and Batman have to fight the rock guys to stop the rock guys from invading the Earth, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, so then that doesn't help the Ninja Turtles. So it's it's Batman, um, Batman and the Ninja Turtles have enmity with each other for one for some reason. Batman Batman slept with. April O'Neil, and then didn't call her. So the the Ninja Turtles have to go beat up Batman for April O'Neil's honor. And Batman um, didn't call April O'Neil. He's in love with April O'Neil, but he didn't call them call her because he thinks the turtles are creepy. So they have to kill each other. Who wins? Uh, since this is also Tim Burton's world and Batman can't turn his head, I'm going to say all four turtles <laughs> kick his ass. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yep. You're right. You're right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, he has no sidekick. No, no, no sidekicks side to back him up. He can't turn his head. All he's got is Alfred. He, he can't can, turn his head. He can catch bullets, but they have knives. And he has a fly swatter um, <laughs> repel, <laughs> repelling option in his glove. Um, um, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he has shark repellent, but that doesn't do him any good. Nope. Um, it's not Teenage Mutant Ninja Sharks. <laughs> it's not. It's not Street Sharks versus yep. Batman. Um, yeah, he's just got his batarang. He's got that glider. He's pack. got the Batmobile, got so sweet, he can he can, can get away from them. Yeah, he can fast. run away. <laughs> um, but the, you know what? I bet the uh, Batmobile could outrun the turtle van. But he's a ninja too, right? Like this isn't that bad of a comparison, right? Like he's a ninja. They're all ninjas. We can be ninjas together. There's no evidence in the Tim Burton Batman to suggest that he was trained by the League of Shadows. Okay, you're right. Um, So he's just, all he does is like punch people. Yeah, punch people. (laughs) He can throw the Batarang at them. Honestly, this just kind of makes Batman sound really, really lame. How does he defeat any of his other villains? Oh, the Penguin uh, just fell backwards. Oh, he used his grappling hook to tie the Joker to a gargoyle, and then the gargoyle broke off the uh, cathedral and okay. pulled him so off the he, helicopter. Okay, so his poor planning 
killed the Joker. Um, how does he kill the penguin? He knocks him over and the penguins eat him or something? Actually, back up. I guess his original plan, he threw the Joker off the side of the cathedral with his right. bare hands, but okay. didn't so anticipate he, there being a ledge. So he so he, de- he defeated the Joker by pushing him. And he tried to shoot him with his bat wing machine guns and missed. Okay. So he wasn't opposed to just shooting him. <laughs> so his, his poor aim <laughs> his left poor him aim. with the only one option yeah. to push the Joker to yeah. death. Okay. And so then the penguin, he... The, he got into a fist fight with the penguin, and the okay. penguin saw that his own penguins turned against him. And then, oh, no, he he opened up a, uh, a compartment in the bat ski boat that had a bunch of bats in it. Okay. Live bats, and the bats came out and like started swarming around the penguin, and then penguin backed up into a, a window which was over, which is in the, in the Gotham Zoo, and it was over the penguin sanctuary, and he fell into the lagoon. Okay. From a great height. So after failing to beat up short, fat Danny DeVito, I don't think they fist fought at all. He distracted the penguin into backing into a window. Right. Into a lagoon. Okay. Actually, right. I think he fought Catwoman more. Hand to hand, then he fought the penguin. <laughs> okay, um, if we follow the continuity, how does he defeat uh, Two Face in Forever? Oh well, I see. I think it's like Schumacher Batman. Like it's a different Batman. Yeah, but it's the same continuity. Okay, um, he defeats Two Face. Two Face. Does he shoot him? No, Two Face <laughs> is standing. Two Face is standing on a crossbeam. With his gun pointed at Robin, who Batman just saved. Uh-huh. And then uh, Batman says, like, gives out his own riddle and then throws up the two-sided coin. And then Harvey Dent tries to reach out to grab it because he uh, can't live without it. And he falls to his death. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding nope. me? Does, how does he, he kill... He loses his balance and falls into the sharp, sharp spikes below. How does he kill Dr. Freeze? He slips on some ice and he falls off Freeze a cliff? Freeze lives. What the fuck? He he just gets uh, put in uh, Arkham Asylum at the end. Oh my god! So how does Batman fight? Does Batman do anything in the in those original four movies? Does Batman do a fucking thing, or does he just fly around in his Batwing and look cool? No, he he killed the Joker by tying up his leg. He pushed to him the, off a off a cliff. He tried to push him off the cliff, and then when that didn't work, he tied him to the gargoyle, which broke away and killed him. Okay, so in a way. So he was going to push him off a cliff to kill him. Imagine then the gargoyle doesn't he didn't break want him to die. So he saved him with a grappling hook, tied him to a gargoyle, but that was a bad idea. Yeah. Just imagine for a second the gargoyle doesn't break off and the Joker just loses his grip on the helicopter. He probably swings over, slams against the cathedral, and like busts his head open. So either way. Okay. Okay. Makes sense? Um, no. Horrible. These are all horrible plans. Batman is the worst superhero. Catwoman gets away. Yeah, even, but even she's, though a, she's like a... You know, she tries to electroc- electrocute herself some people like against Max Shrek. And then the Riddler goes to the asylum. He makes it. He kills Bane. He does kill Bane in the fourth one. Does right? he? Like, doesn't he like, do some shit to like make him grow, you know, do the same thing everybody does to Bane where he like pulls on the Venom thing? I think he pulls on the Venom, pop? but he just shrinks. And he's okay. like laying there on the ground like, oh, oh, I'm okay. all weak again. Oh, okay, well, that's not... And I think Poison Ivy gets eaten by a is, plant. He's fighting Bane. He fights with Bane and pulls the things out of his head. Right. Like, that's a successful A to B to C fight of, I don't like you. Took him down, yeah. This is how I beat you. Okay. And Poison Ivy, she just gets eaten by her own, her own plant, right? 
Yeah, something like that. I don't think she even dies. So, I mean, at least at least the Ninja Turtles, when fighting Shredder, like, their plan sucks because they fight him individually instead of just all four of them ganging up on him and fucking kicking his ass. Mm-hmm. But at least in that case, they are actively fighting the villain. So I guess the Ninja Turtles win. Yeah, I mean, they war. would gang up on yeah. Batman. And-, and Batman would try to push them. But if there's not a cliff nearby... <laughs> in 2, he has that batarang that's programmable <laughs> okay. that can attack... Because he's surrounded by the Red Triangle Gang at one point. Okay. And he pulls out the batarang, and it hits three of the targets that he programs. But then the Chihuahua grabs it and runs off with it. God damn it! What the... F- <laughs> Batman's the fucking worst! He's awesome. Oh, my God. Care. But yeah, the Ninja Turtles would beat him. Okay, all right. Yeah, no, I At least initially clearly. until Batman puts together a... Uh, transportation I mean, device that can from the argument we've just made i'm pretty sure the ninja turtles before they turn into s- teenage mutants like just the little turtles in a in a half shell i'm pretty sure they could beat up batman as long as there was not a cliff nearby or something distracting like a coin or, or bats <laughs> or bats yeah. oh all right so wow this week way longer than i wanted to discuss that this week, no, I think that was good. This week, I went and saw Exodus. Brad, should I tell people to go see Exodus? I don't know. Should they? Um, I liked it. I really did. Uh, it's not because Ridley Scott, and you you love Ridley no matter totally, what he does. No, it totally is. I I will be completely straightforward. Uh, there is there are some elements of this movie that I because of what I know about Ridley Scott. I am somewhat unbiased and think that this movie is more interesting than most people will. If you're not at all interested in the story of Moses, you shouldn't see this movie. Um, but if you are, you should check this out because I think it's a it's a different telling of the story than what we've seen traditionally with you know your um, your like Ten Commandments or something like that. Um, But it's not its not as much of an action movie as I think some people are going to expect it to be, right? Coming from the gladiator... Kingdom of Heaven. Uh, Kingdom of Heaven ilk. Um, but I think it's better than, like, Robin Hood or something like that. But um, anyway, we'll play the trailer, and then I'll get into some spoilers. I came to tell you something is coming. That is far beyond my control. Unless you set my people free. I am prepared to fight for eternity. Moses, you say that you didn't cause all this. You say that your God did. Moses, they are animals. I will drown them in the Nile, as you should have been. I don't think so. What is it? Ramesses, 4,000 men, 1,000 chariots. Ready yourselves! You've honored me with your trust! If you stay, you will perish! You will be free! Do not be afraid! God is with us! 
is there really spoilers for the story of Moses? Uh, yeah, uh, spoilers. He lets his people go. What? Yeah. Uh, oh, that's such a great end, twist. In the end, the Jews aren't slaves anymore. Oh man. Um. So this is such a revolutionary take. <laughs> uh, but there are there are some things about about the way they tell the story that they sort of change and they 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 change some of who Moses is in the story at least traditionally. Um, cause when you look at a movie like the 10 commandments, it's, a, it's a fairly simple, like Moses gets kicked out of Egypt. He goes up to a mountain. There's a fire in a bush and the bush says like, Hey, go do these things. And Moses goes and does them. And oh, all the people are free at the end. Um, and in this case, and just in every other story from the Bible with Moses in it, Moses is kind of a stubborn asshole who doesn't really want to do all the things God says. So, this kind of goes in more of that direction. And so um, what's kind of cool here is that um, they spend a lot of time in Egypt. They don't, they don't show you his like origin story as it were of like the baby in the basket or any of that. They just start off with Moses and Ramses and their friends and their brothers and their, um, it starts off with this war with some, um, with some Hittites and just to sort of show like, uh well and actually that's where in this version they start to separate the two brothers out because this one like creepy witch doctor lady is sets off this prophecy that hey you guys are going to go to war and you'll be successful but one of the leaders is going to save the or a leader is going to get saved by someone else and that someone else is going to become a leader right so sure enough, they go to this war and Ramses falls off his horse and almost gets killed and Moses saves him. And then when they come back, Ramses is like, what the fuck? Like, you're going to totally betray me and be a dick. And Ramses and Moses is like, what the hell? Nah, come on. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then Moses finds out who he really is and ends up getting kicked out of Egypt. Um, and what's kind of cool here is like they... So the great thing about a movie where you get to personify God is that you get to have characters who argue with or just in general have conversations about stuff with God. And that's just, I mean, you don't get that in every movie. And so in this case, I think that they do it pretty well where they have this like 10-year-old little boy who is the personification of God and he shows up and starts telling Moses like, and he's kind of a dickish little kid. Like, there's just this bratty little kid who kind of shows up and is like, the fuck have you been doing for 400 years? Like, you know, don't just yell at me because I haven't been doing anything. Like, you're not doing anything either. Like, go save these people. Like, whatever. Um, and so Moses goes back, and in this version, at first he he tries to, to, like, spur up a rebellion inside the Jews and train them to be warriors and all of that. And it's not really working. All he's causing is that the Pharaoh starts hanging a lot of Jews. And so God shows up again and is like, your plan sucks. Like, why don't you just let me go do this? And that's when the plagues happen and all of that. Um, but this, so I have two problems. One is I wish there were more scenes where Moses yells at God. Cause that part's pretty good. Um, and it's just more interesting like that that dynamic where this guy is having to wrestle with what he believes and whether or not, because at least in this version, in every other version of the story of Moses, um, he goes out to the desert and he meets this fucking bush and 
suddenly he immediately believes in God and does exactly what God tells him. I mean, this one, like he's still struggling with it and it's not really his faith and he doesn't really see himself as a Jew. Um, and so that version of the story is, is interesting to me. Um, but I wanted to see more of that wrestling. Um, and then the other thing is that, uh, I don't know, like it, it doesn't really commit itself to some of the things that it could be really good at. Uh, I have a feeling that there is another 40 minutes on the cutting room floor somewhere and that a director's cut of this movie will be awesome uh, because I want more of the relationship between him and his brother and how that gets stressed. And I want more setup into that so that later when he is, when he's standing out yelling at God and saying like, look, you're doing all of this shit and killing all of these Egyptians. Like, those are people too. Why are you doing this? This is a shitty plan. You're killing lots of people. Like, why can't we do my version? Um, that would make a lot more sense if you really did see him spend more time as an Egyptian and feel like he was really committed. Um, and the same thing with, with just wanting more conversations between um, him and some of the Jewish people that he knows. Cause they introduce characters like his brother, Aaron, who just show up and then never do anything. Um, and I don't know if that's because they're trying to make it seem like they're staying true to the story, but in, in the actual story of Moses, Moses has a stutter. And so Aaron goes with him everywhere and is the one who tells people or like tells Pharaoh, this is what you need to do. So why, if you're not going to do that, cause no version of the, like no movie about Moses has ever done that. So if you're not going to do that, why even introduce Aaron? Nobody else talks about Aaron. Like Aaron just gets forgotten because you can't have a main character who has a stutter. Um, if the only thing he ever does is go yell at people, right? Because Moses never fucking does anything, right? He goes places, he throws shit into the river and the river parts and he goes places and says, everybody's going to die. And then everybody dies, but he doesn't do. And so if all he has, if he has a stutter, so he doesn't even tell anybody that that's going to happen, then he fucking does nothing. Um, so why why introduce that character if there's not some other scene where where Aaron sort of helps bring Moses around to understand like look yes you didn't grow up inside this culture but this is who you are um, but the so part of why I think this movie is really interesting is you know I, when you when you study criticism. Uh, in college, one of the things that one of the big schisms in the nineteenth in the twentieth century was this whole idea of whether or not the context, like whether or not the life of an author, is important to the book that they wrote or the piece of art that they produced. Um, so this isn't the first movie that that Ridley Scott made since Tony Scott died, but this is the movie that he ends up dedicating to Tony Scott. Um, and I think that there are, there are two aspects of this movie that are the, that are why he does that, that are fascinating to me. Um, one is that it's a relationship between two brothers, right? And even though I don't, I mean, I don't know Ridley and Tony Scott, so maybe, but they work together a lot. So I have a feeling that they weren't like Ramses and Moses, two dudes that tend to try to kill each other a lot. Um, I have a feeling that they were probably a little bit closer than that. Um, but the other thing is that he's, um, Ridley Scott professes himself to be an agnostic, but has made a lot of movies about religion and specifically Christianity. 
and a lot of those themes are tied into his films. And so I f- I've always felt like he's constantly making movies that ask questions that he doesn't know how to answer. And this one, there are some pretty strong themes underneath about even if you don't necessarily agree or understand the faith that you're trying to match yourself into, if in the end you think it's for the best, maybe you should keep trying. Um, and, and it's clearly, this to me is clearly Ridley Scott trying to work out some of his religious questions in his life. Um, and that part to me is what's really fascinating. So beyond whether or not just the movie is good, I think from like a very a super academic, like if you're a big Ridley Scott fan and you have read a lot about Ridley Scott um, and you've watched his movies incessantly for your whole life like I have, um, this one is a particularly introspective movie where I think that there is, it gives us a little glimpse into maybe what it is he's really concerned about or what things he's trying to figure out on his own. Um, so that part to me is really fascinating. Is it a awesome gladiator style blockbuster that everybody should go check out? No. Um, is it going to be on my top 10 list? I don't know. Probably not. You know, um, if I'm super honest, probably not. But, uh, and then just in case anybody has gotten through all of the swearing this week, um, if there is anybody out there who really, really likes the story of Moses and really just wants somebody to correctly tell the story of Moses, this is probably not your jam because there's there's some things that they definitely change. Like I went and saw it with my mom and dad. And when we got out, my mom was like clearly frustrated by – like there was a lot of stuff they got really, really close. But then there are just a few things that they changed that are – um essential to the biblical telling of that story. Um, but I still think it's, it's pretty cool and absolutely gorgeous. Like it is one of those movies that there were times where, uh, like the battle at the beginning where I was just sitting there thinking about how you don't get, or we rarely get a movie with that kind of scope anymore. Like the, what, what was really cool about, Lawrence of Arabia back in the day about just how big and expansive that movie seemed when you went to see it in theaters. You get a little bit of that in like a Transformers movie where there's just a lot of wow factor in the special effects. Um, but this, you get you get what kind of reminds you of an old Lawrence of Arabia movie with these grand sweeping shots of huge armies or just riders on horseback in the middle of the desert. And it's just a gorgeous looking movie and doesn't look, I'm sure that, that some of the, the groups are filled out by, you know, massive or one of those pieces of technology, but, and I've even seen some of the featurettes on this, that the majority of all the people you see in the foreground, everybody close, like those big groups of a few hundred people that are actually close enough. You can tell whether or not it's CG. Those are all real people. Um, but they, they just duplicate those guys. Yeah. Farther and farther back. Yeah, just yeah. so that in the background it looks like there's more than there really are. Um, but it's it's a good-looking movie. Um, it's two and a half hours long, though. So it's a... Bring a pillow? <laughs> for some people, yeah. For some people. Uh-huh. But I really liked it. Uh, this is why I kind of wanted Ryan to, to 
call in for this one because I kind of expected he was going to come out of it and be like, that was boring as shit. Because, um, you know, it's not... The, the whole second half of the movie is just God does stuff and Moses walks places. Um, but it's what he's learning as he gets there that's what's interesting. Um, so it's like... the It's actually a lot like Lawrence of Arabia. The first half is there's a lot of action and the second half... There's a lot of talking, and then a big wave. So, I say check it out. Cool. Anyway, uh, in two weeks, next week we'll see The Hobbit. Yep. And is that the last movie of the year? No, there's still one more week after that. Uh, the no, because then it's the third. I think because then, um, no, because. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's, this week's the no, the twenty sixth, and then the second. Yeah, next week is next week the is Hobbit, the and then 26th. after that is Christmas. No Thursday. No, next week is no next Thursday is Christmas. That's oh no! Said. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right, because this isn't next week yet. Because it's not Monday. Yeah, <laughs> right, we're seeing the Hobbit this Friday, <laughs> right. this Friday yes. or probably Wednesday. Yep, ish. I'm sure. Um, um, and then the week after that is Christmas, and then film explosion. Okay, cool. What are we seeing the week of Christmas? Do we know? Oh, That's... interview. Interview. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. cool. So there's only two more movies this year. I thought there was nothing I was going to care about. <laughs> so we see The Hobbit, and then we'll see The Interview. I have seen The Interview already. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you say it was good? She said it was very good, yeah. Oh, well, I thought it was a guy, so. There was a secret screening at the Oriental. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, man. They brought uh, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen was yeah, there, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so then on the second, probably the third actually, is when we will record the film explosion for this year. So get in your top ten lists or just your votes for a top movie of the year. Uh, we'll give some shit out. Um, we may have maybe a special guest of some sort or maybe a special uh, segment this year as part of the film explosion. Um, but we're just we're just in the early stages of talking to somebody. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that'll be cool. Maybe you'll get some, some extra Alamo swag. Um so check it out. Send us some stuff. Cool. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover, and also Spark Mandrill for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.